This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Creatively Wired. This broadcast is on Free FM 89.0 and is also available wherever podcasts are found. Creatively Wired is a moment in time where we chat with artists about what makes them tick. We will explore the way they work, what they are thinking about, and the many varied nuances of the creative process. Make yourself comfortable and let's have a chat with some awesome people who are creatively wired. All right, welcome back to another episode of Creatively Wired. I'm joined once again by Jeremy Mayle in the studio, and today we've got special guests Aaron Gott and Amy Maynard, um, and they are the Looking for Alaska duo. Welcome, guys. Kia ora. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, good to have you here. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Looking for Alaska is? Yeah, sure. So Looking for Alaska is the, I guess, the project or the band or duo that Amy and I have had together for I want to say seven years is that right yeah something, something like that um, coming up on eight this year yeah and so we um yeah we play kind of we call it it's it's a folky folk style music indie folk pop folk I don't know I, I hate putting labeling yourself is the worst thing <laughs> but we, we play some kind of folk music and yeah that's what we do we put out albums and tour and yeah just make music together and so when did you like first form the band and why? Um, we, it, was, it came out of the ashes of our other band. So Amy and I met while we were studying at Wintech in Hamilton. Shout out to Wintech. And um, yeah, kind of hit it off. And then we're, we're in another band together, in a reggae band actually. And then that sort of stopped happening. But we were like, well, by that point we were a couple as well. And we were like, well, we, make, you know, we like doing music. Let's just keep going to simplify. Just have the two people and sort of... Ended up doing folk. I don't really know why. Amy Amy grew up on <laughs> Amy grew up on country. Yeah. Country dude. music big time. And um I'd grown up on like kind of the few years before that, heaps of folk and stuff and it was what we were listening to and what we were into, so that's what we did. Well, it was David that gave us our first gig doing the open day for Wintech. Mm, that was our first ever gig, the two of us. Mm-hmm. Playing at Wintech Open Day. Awesome. Circa twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the old building that's gone now. In Ward Street, yeah. They go on. Cool, and you do mostly original music or all original music? Um, yeah, these days we, we started out doing just covers. Mm-hmm. And we still um, do play a lot of covers. So. We're still, yeah, playing a covers band to pay the bills. It's a bit confusing because we, um, as we were doing it, we were like, oh, maybe we should have a different name for the originals, but we just kind of, you know, kept playing as looking for Alaska. <laughs> and it's hard to come up with band names. Like we're basically just too lazy to make another band name, so... <laughs> So yeah, but we like most of the looking for Alaska stuff is yeah our own original music and yeah. putting that out there. And but we do play duty duty old covers. Yeah, play lots of weddings and I was going to say funerals. We don't play any funerals. We haven't yet. Oh anyway. my god, we <laughs> could play a funeral. If you're looking for a band for your funeral, you can book us. We will do it. <laughs> the gigging musician. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the first song you wrote together. What like what was it and and how did that process work? Do you write collaboratively or separately or how does it flow? 
Yeah, so we don't write very well together because we're a, we're a couple, so uh, a lot of like friction. Or <laughs> mm. we're, we're both quite stubborn. So um, the first song we did write together was, um, yeah, on our first album. It's You Only See Me When You're Sleeping. And that was because you were playing, you were just playing some chords. I was newly around with this kind of slow, bluesy. And I was like half thing. asleep. And this like idea walked into my head of like, what if a guy had a relationship with someone that was all just fully in his head? And that's kind of where the song came from. Like a relationship with a, a dreamy dead guy. Mm. And, it, and it worked pretty well, but I think... That was a good collab because I just did the music, you just did the other part. We mm -hmm. didn't really, it wasn't a true collab. So it's when we start trying to tell each other how to do things. <laughs> <laughs> so you both are writing an equal amount of songs for the band? or Now. now. Yeah, I th the, the first album was mostly Amy's songs. Um, there was, I think, two that I'd written on the first album. Mm -hmm. About two, eh? And then the one that we collabed on. And yep. the rest, Amy pretty much wrote by herself. And then... Um, but since then, yeah, the, the new album we've got coming out is pretty much 50-50. Like, we don't really, like, we're not like we're not like Beatles. We're not, like, fighting over how many of our songs are going on there. Well, we one just... of the songs we do fight over because it's just under your name for royalties. You oh, because I registered it when I was sick before I'd met you. <laughs> I registered you? it when I was 16, and how it's so hard to change that. that we'd be a thing? Mm. Got how an rude. actual display of the, um, <laughs> yeah. the process. <laughs> of the process, Every yeah. other song is 50-50 except for that one. Yeah. Like, I, like when, we, when we did the, so we've got a new album coming out in November, so really soon, and when we were recording that one, we had, I think, 11, or oh, 10 songs ended up on the album, and we had like 13 or 14, and we just sent them off to Ben, who was producing, and said, sort of, which ones do you think, you know, you want to work on, and what, what will work, and whatever team we ended up with, that was... There was no, like, oh, my song didn't get on there. He Did picked you a couple think? that you hated, which was great. And ones that I'd written, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's filler, but I'll send it along. And he's like, yeah, that's great, chuck it on. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And good. so do you set out to do ten songs? Like, you have that number in mind, or? Um, it was ten on both. How did that happen? Well, okay, so technically the new album's got eleven, but one of the songs we ended up doing twice. We did two different versions of it and, like, loved them both so much that they ended up on the album. So it's an eleven-track album, but... Only 10 songs, <laughs> 10 different songs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we did 10 on the first one, and that was, it was a good length. Um, I think if we'd, if we'd done 12, if 12 had ended up being right for the album, we'd have gone with that. But um, as it was, it was pretty hard to fit it over two sides of a vinyl anyway. So I think, yes, we have vinyl. I think 11, 11 was a good number in the end. Yeah, well, one's really short. Yeah, one song's like a minute long or something, so... And, and when you're thinking about creating songs, um, are you thinking about it just song by song, or are you thinking about an album and the kind of flow of material and how that connects together as a listening experience? Mm. I wish we were that clever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we definitely write song by song. Yeah. Um, and often it's a case of just writing whatever comes and then later looking through and going, well, that's a Looking for Alaska song. That one's probably not. Like sort of a, thing. There's a bunch more songs that we have written that aren't looking for Alaska at all, but we still want to put them out because they're good. But they're like very, very like pop or yeah. There's some pop. I, I write some stuff that's like way indie. That some like rappy is, ones. Yeah, you've done. We've, we do we, basically when we're at home, we just create and then we curate afterwards and say, okay, mm -hmm. these ones kind of suit what we're doing. And and it's it's pretty broad. Like on the new album coming out, the sounds quite a bit darker than the first album. And like um, there's a, 
a bit more there's a couple of, there's like a really bluesy song on there there's like you know a couple of different ones that album are, one is the honeymoon phase mm. album two, is, album two is when it's <laughs> eight years later and when you're sick of the, <laughs> when you're sick of them <laughs> so with with folk obviously there's a really like the roots of folk come from this idea of like storytelling mm. like oral mm. storytelling and um is that how you kind of think about it? Like, where do the where do the ideas for the lyrics come from? Because mm. that's obviously a lot more important in folk than a lot of yeah. other musical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like when we first started out, we'd written all these songs that you know were about like, well, I'd written all these songs that were just about like love and like happy stuff, and but was really afraid to kind of tell people anything about the background, like anything at all. So like, album number two, we kind of run with the being more brave and mm. trying to actually yeah, tell stories, yeah, hard I, stories. I think I think for, f yeah, it's a really good question. For Amy, it's definitely you're very personal with your songs, right? So a lot of them are directly about her, like her family or about like really, yeah, personal stuff. And, and I guess for me it's personal too, but more, it's less direct for me. It'll be like, like Amy's writing a song specifically about someone or something, right, generally? Yeah, well, normally they just kind of, like, wander into my head and I'm like, well, that's not really about me because I, you know, haven't lost a child or I haven't mm. um, experienced whatever it is that I'm writing about. And I'm like, oh, like, that's about this person. Mm. Or it's about something else that's not me. Mm. I think I think for me, I think for... I was actually just thinking about this on the way over. It's funny you brought it up. For, I think for Amy, it's like songwriting for you is like 100% inspiration, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you're not feeling it, I don't do it. And, and it. and when it comes to you, it just comes like in one, mm -hmm. pretty much all the time, right? Whereas I just me, imagine like it just wanders <laughs> And like, whereas for me, it's a lot more mixed. Like sometimes that happens, but it's also more of a crafting thing for me. Like I've, there's a song I finished over lockdown that like I'd started five years ago and like I just had the guitar part and like one, one line and I'd like kind of tried to do it for ages. I tried to think of something and then finally it was just like, oh, that's what I've got to do with it. And then it, so I'm total opposite from you because if it doesn't come out in that first kind of few minutes, I'm like, no, nah, this is trash. <laughs> That's it. It's gone. And I forget things really easily as well. Oh, I'm forever going, Amy. We should like record that now, like, no, or no, you're going to no, forget it. it. No, I remember it every time. Every time. I'm and like, then she's I'll like, no, nah, I forgot this. it. I'm like, <laughs> and and Amy, how does it work? Like, right, if you're writing such personal stuff, and particularly if it involves other people, do you? Mm have to kind of talk to them and say, is this all right? Or do you kind of change it a bit so it's not recognisable? Or do you just hope you don't get in trouble? I think, like, for me, it's like, because they're always written about, like, other family members. Like, So on the first album, there's a song called Kyle's Song, which is, um, I started writing a song for my own kids because I didn't have one. I didn't have a song that I'd written for my children. And as I'm writing this thing and it's Father's Day and I don't have them, like, they're with their father... And so, you know, I'm missing them and I'm writing the song and I'm like, why are they like, you know, dead kids, essentially? I was like, why? I haven't lost any children. Like, and then I looked at the date, looked at the time, looked at Facebook and it was um, like the, you know, like six year memorial or something of my, um, my cousin passing. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm writing something that's not even about me. It's about, it's about him. It's about this kid, about my cousin. And so I, you know, kept writing the song, crying posted on Facebook and his mum and his dad, you know, and his siblings, you know, of the of my cousin that was lost, yeah, all just messaged. They were like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. So I think for me, like, healing 
is a big thing and trying to write music that heals like my family like there's a lot of just a lot of like hurt and a lot of a lot of things like we've lost a lot of kids and lost a lot of people and trying to write the songs that help to heal even just a little bit of that hurt if I can you know uh, touch or reach one person who resonates with that song like it's it's all worth it for me mm. it's worth being vulnerable and worth being brave mm. even if it's scary and I guess yeah it sounds like it's about approaching that in a way that's sensitive enough that if people hear that who are connected with it, then mm. they're going to feel okay about it. Yeah. And, and, and maybe more than okay, maybe it will, you know, as you say, be a, a healing process for them. Mm. Yeah, I know it was um, for his mum. Um, oh, it's really funny, that song, though, because we've, we've played it, we were playing it some, we were just playing like at the wharf in Raglan one time, like mm -hmm. real chill Sunday afternoon vibe. And we're like, didn't really know what to play. And someone's like, oh, I'll play one you wrote. And we played that song. And this person like totally was like, broke down, broke down like. <laughs> but it was a thing where like, I didn't realize that she'd like just lost her cousin as well. Like I, mm. you know, when I used to talk about it, when we'd first written about it, I wouldn't really say much at all because I was like, that's no, too personal. Like I can't, you know, go into details. If people are going to know, they'll know just, you know, based on the words of what the lyrics are. But I kind of talked a bit more about that one, and yeah, and then we became friends from that me and that girl because, yeah, we just bonded over this loss, and I think it's a really, yeah, it's a really special thing. Mm. And that's the interesting thing about music, where, I, well, in my experience, often the lyrics speak to you when you need them to, but in mm. other times you might not even really notice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, know? totally. I mean, even to the kind of extreme of like <laughs> shopping in the supermarket when you're maybe going through some relationship stuff or whatever, mm -hmm. and it most might be the song that you've always thought of being the most inane pop song, mm. and suddenly you realise that it's actually <laughs> describing your, Why am I your crying? life. Crying in the supermarket. Exactly. Well, that's crazy, because yeah, we, we, we have some friends, a, um, Phil and Tilly, who are uh, a duo, and they, they live in Australia now, they're English, but they were here, and um, he had the song that he, we opened for them a few times, he had the song that he played, and it was like, totally sounded like a normal relationship song and we were like oh yeah it's a nice enough song and then I think this was around when Amy had started sort of saying and a few of us have been pushing him to be like you should like talk about what your songs are about because you know it's kind of hard to gauge and then one night he's yeah he goes oh this song was about my mum she had dementia I spent a lot of my life like looking after her and then he sung it again and it's like oh this is like just totally flipped the um, because it was, yeah, a song all about like love. And if you just heard it, you'd be like, Oh, oh it's, it's another relationship, a or something, yeah. Song like it was still cute and still pretty, but yeah, once he actually said what it was about, we were just <laughs> in tears. And it's a funny one because, like, I know a lot of artists, like, well, I don't say what the song's about, it's up to people to have their own interpretation of them. But that was a case where, like, yeah, hearing it, you just was like, Oh, it's about a breakup. But once you had the context, it was like, Oh, no, that's actually much deeper, mm. you know, song.
Mm. So do you talk about your songs when you play? Um, oh, me. <laughs> You're awful at talking no, about your I songs. I make you do it. I don't do it myself. I try to. I think I've been trying more lately. I've been trying more. I don't think so. I think you just force it on me instead. <laughs> You're good at telling, like, the jokes, like, the, the stories, oh, yeah. but never, like, like the stories behind the songs. It's always, mm. like, the stories that came from the songs or like the tours yeah like you're, I think you're good at telling like the anecdotes but yeah i'm the anecdote person on stage and you're the you're the deeper meaningful mm. <laughs> it works well as a team i should probably try actually saying more about it well, that's why i kind of force you to um uh, sing some of your more, more personal songs even if you don't want to yeah i'm the king of normally like we're doing the set list Generally, ten minutes before we walk on stage, and I'm like, or on stage, yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll do that one. And I'm picking all Amy songs, and I try and tend to try and leave mine out. I don't know, must be a, a self doubt kind of thing. It, it's funny, yeah, because I think like I write a few songs, and I've always been like, ah, oh, they're okay, sort of thing, and I'm always like, oh, they're the filler on the album, and then people come up and they're like, oh, that song was my favorite. I'm like, really, mm-hmm. that one that I wrote, and it's like I don't think that much of it, but and then I sit there like, they hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Means yeah, typical lead singer, eh? Diva, such a diva. <laughs> how do you how do you choose like what yeah either what songs to play or what goes on an album or how a song comes out? Because there must be a lot of decision making to be made, and obviously you're a couple as well. <laughs> Is it like you both have to agree? Or uh, Amy does the set lists. Are you trying to hit me with my microphone? <laughs> Rude. Yeah, we deal with that by Amy does the set lists. Well, I think because we tried, like, both of us doing them or, like, just you doing them and they just didn't work. You've got a pretty good sense of what will flow and make a good set, probably more so than me. Yeah, I think trying to make, you know, well, they're like ebbs and waves or something that you try and maybe start with something a bit, you know, slower and then build it up and then bring it back down and up and down and up and down, trying to make a like a little journey mm. for people. And Seriously, I just think yeah. I just ended up being a bit better at that than you. Mm. But um, it takes ages to to like work out sets and then we kind of have like a few songs that work together you learn you learn eh? like over time you're like well these songs work really well together so they normally end up in a block and then i'm terrible for knowing which ones run into what key because i don't play (laughs) anything so aaron's like oh but you can't do that because i have to like retune this and it's like there's only like two songs that are in really awkward tuning so it's like well they're either at the start or at the end because i don't Mm want to have to tune into them and then tune back out so we're at the start of set one and set two so yeah and I know that now. Yeah, you're learning. You're learning. <laughs> I'm just like, this one would be good. So in terms of your working life, you're both full-time musicians? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So you're probably more so than me. I spend a lot of time at home. <laughs> yeah, so we, um, as well as gigging, because obviously this year, COVID, there hasn't been a lot of gigging. Yeah, what gigs? Yeah, we uh, teach music as well. So, like privately, so we do um, lessons, uh, like guitar lessons, keyboard. I do guitar, keys, drums, uh, sometimes bass. Ukulele. We tutor bands as well. At tutor bands in the school, yeah. So, um, yeah. So we do a lot of it in schools, but it's like private lessons still, just at schools, yeah. So that's been pretty full on this year, but that's been good because, like I say, we didn't have any gigs or anything for like six months. So. Yeah, but you've been working like every day. Yeah, I've been working in schools and stuff. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. Everything we do is music related sort of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah. And so what, can you describe your working, like when you're going to write a song, mm. are you doing that kind of wherever you happen to be or do you go to the same place every time? Do you have a mm. home studio or do you sit on the deck? Or like, 
Mine's definitely wherever I seem to be. Like, there's one, um, there's one song that I wrote. Like, it's the bilingual one, mm. um, and it's like got like a whole bunch of meaning. Like, for my family, going like way, 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 way back, and we were driving, like literally driving through South Island, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's like West pitch Coast, black. Yeah. Like you know, like ten o'clock at night or something, and I finished writing these words. Like I'm just typing them out on my phone, and I'm like, I just wrote a song. And then I looked out the window, and um, we were in this little town called Ruatapu, which is um, I don't know if you guys know the story of like Paikia and his brothers. Paikia, the one who rode the whale. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, so him and his brothers, uh, you know, uh, went out to sea, and Ruatapu was one of the brothers, but he wasn't in the um like the immediate family or like the, you know, from that mother, he was from another mother. Brother from another mother. Brother from another mother. Uh, and so, you know, they went out on this boat and he'd um, cut a hole in the waka in the bottom and like filled it with, you know, plants or whatever it was, you know, flax or something to bung it up. And eventually, you know, it sinks and all the brothers drown and that's when Paikia comes back on a whale. But it was the Ruatapu that did that. So like for my family, there's this whole, like I'm a descendant of both uh, Paikia and the brother who tried to kill Paikia. <laughs> so like there's this whole big thing and I'd written this song uh, about this like woman who I called like the Lady of the Mist and then we passed through that town called Ruatapu and I'm just freaking out going like oh my god, <laughs> like I think I've just like done this thing that's like way beyond me because again like just words just, they'll just walk into your head like, and you'll just write this fully fledged out thing so I had, you know, I was like, I think this one needs to be in Māori. And I, um, yeah, asked a few friends of mine to help translate it for me. So that's our only bilingual song that we have, hey? Mm. So, you, yeah, you do a lot of that kind of, you'll just write wherever it comes. Wherever. Wherever, wherever I whenever. am. I think for my story is way more lame than that. <laughs> you can plan stuff, like, because you're always like, we should wake up at this time every day and, and like, write a song. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do that. Or it'll be like, I no, had so chips you. for tea. I think I think for me, because uh, we have a home studio, but I I never end up writing in there. I don't know why. It's like we set up in the garage. We just moved in March, and so it's set up in the garage at the minute, and it's okay. But like, it's not a bit sterile for writing. So uh, yeah, I normally sit out on the deck, just grab an acoustic, sit out on the deck, and have a noodle. It's mm. quite nice having a deck now. Mm. We I, didn't before. I think for me, it's really important to have time to do it. Like I'm super busy running around doing teaching and stuff all the time, and like. It's, I normally, you know, always write, like, sometimes, like, if I've got half an hour, I'll be like, sit down, like, oh, I try to do something, but it never works. It's having a whole morning and just being like, oh, I'm just going to grab the guitar, and then it's like, oh, it just comes, you know. Mm. And so you, do you write more in the morning or the evening? More in the morning, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes, like, there's a song, not, like, I normally sleep pretty well, but sometimes I do the thing where you wake up at five, can't go back to sleep. And I used to like lie there for ages, like, and now I just know if I'm awake, it's like, nah, get up, and that's a pretty good time for writing. Just fresh out of bed, it's five in the morning. You just go and plug your headphones. That in the that's what happened and... with calling out. Like you were just sitting, noodling at your mum's house on the piano, and then you got stuck. It was um, one of the other ones on the album. I wrote about six a.m. Yeah, just couldn't sleep. Got up, wrote a whole song. Didn't really need much work on it. That was it. Mm. Yeah. I think I think the evening I play a lot of guitar, but I don't know. There's just not the same mm, for mm. me. I think there's something often about the morning where our minds are quite elastic still. Mm. If that's the right word, like that, you haven't yet kind of put your mind into like the mode of 
you know, times and calendars and appointments yeah. and all that. It's sort of like it's still, I think, carrying some of that dreamy mm. kindness with it. Yeah, totally. No, I agree. Yeah, mm. definitely a good what time was for that, running. That word if you're for a morning that state person, that you're in, the hypnagogic. Yeah, it's just probably not how you pronounce it. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. And what does that mean? That's that um, the state between being awake and being asleep. Right. Mm. Yeah. Where you're like. Nice. I don't know if you've had it ever, but like, you know, you're like kind of going to sleep and you're definitely still awake, but you just almost start dreaming while you're awake. Mm. That's, that's, that's where I wrote, you're, you'll only see me when, you only see me when you're sleeping, was yeah. in that state, because I was literally falling asleep. And, and I was like, yeah, you remember Ben? Do you remember? <laughs> and I just started writing, and I could barely even read the writing. Yeah, it's like it's the crazy. it's like the subconscious is starting to mm. come out, but mm -hmm. there's still enough consciousness to actually see that. Totally. Go, oh. Is that what my subconscious is saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thought patterns are cool. Yeah, mm. Minds are cool. They're cool places. Mm. <laughs> and also terrifying places. Yeah. And it's interesting that thing you were saying, Aaron, about having to allow space for it to come mm. out, that you can't just go, right, we'll just smash out a song in half an hour or whatever. It's mm. And I'm sure some people can, but obviously it's whatever works for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for you, is that about getting your mind in sort of more of a relaxed kind of state, or just sort of a, is it more just allowing space of like if I if I play this for a while and then it leads to this? Or? Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, like I can sit down and write something like if I have to, like you know, if you've got half an hour. Like I've been doing a bit of work this year <laughs> making um, radio jingles, and so that's totally like okay, you've got a brief, you sit down, bang, you just do it. Right. But I think yeah, for creating something. Mm, we we want to be creative and do something different and unique. It's like having that time to just so you can like you say so you can noodle on something and not have to be like oh I've got to go in twenty minutes you know it's, you can just mm. like you can just sit and noodle for ages and then let it kind of develop. Mm. I think mm. it's important important for me anyway.
settle down to watch the sunset You're drifting in and out of space Tonight your mind won't let you forget That you're alone inside this place Just close your eyes, think of no other Or I'll be gone by morning light Let us be kings and queens and lovers And we'll escape into the Is there a kind of central theme or question that you're trying to explore, or is it mm. just kind of at the whim of wherever you are at the time? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I suppose there's like there's probably central themes. I, we're not consciously following central themes, so we're not like always writing or you know trying to answer something or trying to always write about one thing. But there is probably common themes that run through all of them. Love, 
loss. And my theme at the moment seems to be like dead people. That dead sounds people. really creepy. <laughs> I was just thinking about like, people? but I was just thinking about all the songs, and they really are. Mm. Like Kenyatta is, Lily is, mm-hmm. like even Where Have You Gone is. Um, so many of them are. By our new album about dead people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we called it kind of light and shadow because we were. Well, I hate naming things. Like naming things is so awful, and but that like kind of thought kept creeping into my head because there's um so there's an exhibit down at Te Papa, I think it's still on, right? It's still Possibly, on. Yeah, I'm not sure. But it's um literally based on my tribes and my iwi's, which is um Rongofakata, um tiny tiny little iwi in Gisborne, but it has this whole like floor now dedicated to it, because I don't know, have you guys been to Te Papa? Mm. Do you know the, the marae that's in there? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So that's my marae. Oh, cool. That was literally taken, like, from our, you know, tiny little place out Manasuke in, in Gisborne, and now there's a new one there, Te Manoa Turanga. But, yeah, so that marae was ours, and I think, yeah. And that whole exhibit's called Light and Shadow, and then, like, everywhere that we'd kind of go, like, I'd just see the words like light and shadow everywhere and I'm like I think that's what it's supposed to be signs signs are very important mm. god I sound freaky <laughs> I seem to be really kind of in tune with the natural coincidences of yeah the world. maybe holistic is a good way to put it holistic yeah. is a good way to put it yeah, yeah. Amy is very intuitive yeah as well is another way to put it I think yeah I think just way yeah, more than me <laughs> being from my family and being being mouldy as well as yeah um spiritual stuff without being you know specifically christian or any of those kind of you know religion stuff like the, the spirit stuff is is big mm. for me can i sound like a where did this what was the question <laughs> i think around any sort of big questions or yeah big questions oh, there well, is what that, is yeah, it based yeah. what, what are our songs yeah. about but that's, oh, there you why, know, that's the answer <laughs> yeah. yeah i i would say that there's yeah um other forces at work that are trying to get their words out through me like sometimes, oh, this is going to sound weird, sometimes if I'm singing, um, it will literally feel as though it's not myself. Mm. Like sometimes even I will sing and people will be like, that didn't sound like you at all. And normally that's just if we're, you know, back at our mirai or somewhere and I'm just like, yeah, it's it feels to me as if it's someone else trying to get their words out. So with, yeah, Lily, which is on the new album, um, that's just, yeah, all the words came into my head uh, for my nana and how she would have felt having dementia and yeah, Heniatoro was the same riding it in the car, just walking into my head and then singing over top or outside. Um what were the what were the other ones? Where have you gone was the other one? Oh yeah, where have you gone? I lost an auntie on my birthday and just yeah just all the questions, all the unanswered questions that, that we would have. Yeah, crazy. Mine are all about, I guess, spiritual stuff and healing. Mm. What are yours? Yeah, I guess for me it's a lot more. I don't know. There's a lot, a lot of, lot of uh, thinking about life, the meaning of life, but like not in a 42. cheesy way. It just kind of comes through. Yeah, forty-two. <laughs> just sort of, you know, I guess philosophical things. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, a lot of it is like, yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely more now. Uh, definitely writing more now about things that have been going on, like in our lives. Um, um, so, like, you know, one of the ones I wrote for the new album, Let You Go, was, like, <clears throat> thinking about, like, when you're having a hard time in a relationship and stuff and, and putting that into a song. It's okay. But sticking it out. I was, I was pretty depressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
and dealing yeah dealing with dealing with mental health and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so mm. yeah whereas I think prior to that I'd just kind of written you wrote like literal like stories like about yeah. like no one cool songs like yeah. and cool stories but yeah more like the whole kind of folk or like traditional folk thing mm. where you're just telling like a story it could be anyone's story or like not a story at all just like mm. a you know a fictional story you're quite good at that mm. but then it was trying to mush the two to try and yeah but that's just me trying to make you be a little bit more personal mm. Mm. and have there been any topics that have been maybe so far have alluded been put into words that have been maybe too big to fit into a song I've yeah my grandpa my my papa kōro he's he's the one that's eluding me at the moment you really want to write a song for him? I really, really want to, but I think that's the problem. Is I think because I really want to and I'm trying to, it's not happening. Mm. Whereas, like, all the rest just kind of happened naturally and, like, by themselves. So I need to, yeah, stop trying to, but I just want to really bad. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know I find um, with visual arts, sometimes I just need to think about something for a long time mm-hmm. and then it'll finally come. But it's that thing, again, of like trying to push it sometimes. It's like... Yeah, it no. sometimes doesn't work, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> if you have to push it, it's probably shit. <laughs> Is that a Jason <laughs> thing? You that joke? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What, was the, what was the joke? Oh, something about something being like a fart. If you have to force it, it's probably shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is a clean podcast, sorry. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the Jason thing with the turds rolling in glitter. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it, and it's, yeah, it's a funny one, eh? It's funny. Um, just to go a little bit more into a kind of music nerd question. Mm, yeah. Because um, we talked a lot about lyrics and, and about the kind of meaning behind them. I'm just wondering, when you're writing the songs, structuring melodies and harmonies, mm-hmm. Are you doing that with a specific purpose to illustrate key parts of the lyric, or is it more about a general feel? Definitely more about a general feel, I think. The, um, so quite often with both of us, but especially with Amy, the music comes first. So, um, like, yeah, all of Amy's melodies are structured around a chord progression. Mm. So I guess, yeah, we, I, I suppose we could then retroactively do stuff like that but yeah generally the chords there and I'm <laughs> it's funny you say about being a music nerd I'm a big one for always trying to overcomplicate things so like we'll have like a two or three chord progression and I'm like right now it's got to go here we're going to do a key change got to modulate a bit of uh, modal interchange and Amy's like nah it sounds good just leave it you know um, so yeah I guess I guess a lot of our songs are that balance between me wanting to like because it's that one where like you do three chords and you feel like you're cheating. You're like, oh, that's too simple. I can't do that. Whereas like Amy's always like, no, nah, simple's good. Just do that. I think I, I ended up teaching you all the harmonies as well. And I I don't know. I just kind of hear them in my head. Like I just hear where they're supposed to be. Or it's kind of like I can hear like the full song mm. already kind of done. But like I've always been able to do that. Like I remember one of the, the things at Wintech. I can't even remember the guy's name anymore. But he, you know, needed someone to, like, harmonise on the song. And he wanted, like, four different layers, you know, so, like, four different harmonies. And I'm like, yeah, okay, run it. It started doing, like, the first one, you know, like, the lowest one. And he's like, oh, no, that doesn't sound right. And I'm like, bro, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you don't know. I can already hear it in my head. Just run it. Yeah, fine. Like, perfect. Because, yeah, like, just, you can, yeah, I can, you can hear, like, just four or five hear, parts and she'll just stack them from bottom to top. Yeah. And just, like, yeah. 
sometimes the first one, if you hear on its own, is like, that sounds weird, but she's like, no, no, just keep You going. do it all the time. You're like, that's not going to work. And I'm like, trust me, it'll, like, it'll, it'll work. Yeah. And then you're like, but no, but it clashes. And then you like play them with your guitar and you're like, see, it clashes. It's like, no, but it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess, so you're yeah. more like theory based. Yeah. And I'm just uh, wing it. <laughs> well, not wing it. Yeah. Again, it's that intuitive thing. It's yeah, like I guess knowing so. Knowing what you want and what you can hear already. I don't know. I never thought that it was a like a skill to be able to harmonize. Like I've just been able to do it like literally since I was a kid. Like there's, you know, like I can remember being like five or six and like harmonizing my grandma at the country club and like you know hitting all the notes fine, but being too loud because I'm six and I'm just like, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you're good. Just you need to like just be more quiet. Just, you're too loud. But I never thought that it was, like, until going to, like, music schools and having people be like, how do you do that? Like, like how, never thought it was a thing. Mm. Just was always able to do it. Always. Mm. Freakishly. <laughs> That's great. Um, if you could travel back in time, <laughs> mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself when you are first starting out? That's a good one. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You can go first. If um, I think just be brave. Be brave is the biggest one. So, like, we spent so long, um, like, we, you know, we were playing, like, cover songs and stuff, and it's, like, being scared of writing your own stuff, and then when you have written it, being scared of putting it out there, and then when you eventually do it, it's, it's, it was fine, you know? I mean, if you've written something great and if you can, if you, if you think it's good, then you should just put, you should put it out there and not be afraid to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think like I'm, you know, really proud of what we've achieved already and and what we're still going to achieve, you know, in the future. But I'm always, I, I was like, yeah, we could have done that faster <laughs> if we mm -hmm. just like not put the brakes on. Yeah, mm. I think yeah, I'd probably yeah, tell me to just trust that everything's going to work out okay, and that yeah, I uh, you won't you know fall apart or you know die or anything by performing and opening yourself up to people like you might mm. have some of the best experiences of your life mm. but uh yeah you'll never know until you try and and in terms of advice for like uh, i was you know other people sometimes asking is like oh it's like what you know i want to get started like what should i do and i think the biggest one for us is just like just go and do it lots yeah. mm. just put yourself out there like we used to go we used to drive to like we'd be like broke students with no money and we'd like just drive up to Auckland for an open mic one night because it's like let's just mm -hmm. get out there and sing some stuff and then you know normally like it's not going to happen overnight but then you might meet one person there who then you make a connection with and then well, that's like how we met like Albie and stuff like that's like literally how we've met some of our best friends in music are through just doing random things like we got that gig in Rotors just by going to their open mic they were like hey do you guys like play you know music like can we actually book you and we're like yeah didn't like that was our like hmm. first covers gig but we we're like yeah man of course we do Oh my god, do we have four hours worth of music? Like And just say yes. What's the what's the one? Just uh just say yes. Wing it. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Just mm. say yes and then figure it out how you're gonna do it later. And <laughs> just upgrade your gear. Oh like, yes, please, spend, musicians, buy some good gear. Yeah, spend all of your money putting it into stuff that matters. <laughs> so good microphones, good speakers. I'm sick of seeing vans, eh? So many vans who've been doing it for like twenty years and they're still using the same same PA from twenty years ago mm. and it's like if, I mean, if it's a great one and it's working for you, but it does, often it's not. Upgrade <laughs> like, it because you can write it off, man. Yeah. Jeez. It is, as part of that, um, you saying, Aaron, like, just do it lots, is that 
you know, you're talking about gigging, but is that also about the writing of songs? Oh, everything. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah just yeah. do it. Do it lots. Yeah. yeah. I because, think, because I imagine, like, most creative people, they have to create a whole lot of stuff that's rubbish as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. you like, you know, definitely me, like, most of what I start writing, I don't use. Mm. Yeah. What percentage of the songs you've written do you think you've released? Mm. Amy's, like, something 100, like 100%. Yeah. Like, Amy's, Amy's one of those people who doesn't write a lot, but it's, it's good. It's, and it's funny because I used to think that that was bad. I was like, well, that, that can't be right because the Beatles used to write, you know, five songs mm -hmm. a day. But then you it was interesting. You constantly tell me that I, know, I have to like But I've, I've come around to your me. point of view. I was watching um, an interview with Bill Withers because obviously he passed early in the year. And he was the same. He wrote he, everything he wrote, he released because he just didn't write very much. But, yeah, for me, I probably write. I probably release fifty percent, maybe of what I write. You've got so much like hidden stuff, like everywhere in notebooks and. G generally, a hundred percent of the songs I finish get released, but there's lots of like half finished ones that don't yep. see the light of day because I don't. I'm like, that's not gonna, so I don't finish them. You know. Got me wrapped round your finger But you don't seem to care Wasn't like this when we started But now I'm here to stay You've got a
not go wondering have you had any really memorable responses to your songs that are like the things that have really stood out to you I think like yeah one of the big ones for me was we were playing like it was the first year that we ever booked the that thing in New Plymouth the uh, Festival, Festival of Lights, of Lights yeah, really cool. so Festival we were playing on this massive massive stage and there's like hundreds of people out in the audience and we're singing this like you know singing our songs and I could hear people singing them back. Like, and we're in a totally different city. Like, cause I'm like, you know, in Hamilton, like I'm like, oh yeah, and like my mum's like, here, or like my sister's there, so you know, <laughs> they're all singing along. But I'm like, I don't know anyone here, but I could literally hear it coming back. And it was, yeah, after the show, like there was just these, these couple of girls, um, well, I mean, I say girls, but they were probably like 16. And, you know, they just kind of hung around and like came up and like, you know, just like shoved their, you know, CDs that they'd bought at us to, like, sign, but they were, like, the world's biggest fans. Mm. And kids, like, I think kids that just, like, would, like, adore us and then that we meet and they're, you know... If you can just, like, say hi, sometimes just totally blows their mind. Like, oh, my God, she's talking to me. This yeah, I, I think I think definitely here. what's really special, and it's someone mentioned recently that it's, it's a folk music thing, is, mm -hmm. like, getting to meet your heroes. Because, like, even if you're quite famous in folk music, you're not, like, famous, famous. So, like, you know, if you're at a gig, generally the person will be at the merch table signing stuff, chatting to people, and that's, you know... Like, for us, like, we're, we're, like, we're just, like... We're people. ordinary people, but then like sometimes we talk to people after a gig and they're like, "Oh my god, they're talking to us and stuff," and it's like, "Oh shit, they think we're like <laughs> they they yeah. think we're like these like, like they've seen us on the big stage." If and, you uh, reply on Facebook or something or like yeah, if you reply anywhere like TikTok was the craziest thing for me, like just replying to anyone that like, "Oh my god, she's talking to me," and I'm like, "I'm <laughs> just a, I'm just a human." Like mm. really, you know, but that, those interactions person. and stuff like can be really, and you know, sometimes people come up and tell you, "Oh man, your song was like, you know, your song really helped me through this time, or I really but loved it was that like song." Like that guy at Navarra who like had been to him and his wife. Remember you were saying, "Yeah, had that's been right." To every we, single gig, yeah, but had never talked to us, and they always like duck out early because they were like too shy. Yeah, just the last show we did, this guy yeah came up to me and he was like, "Hey, we've never spoken before, but I've been to like your last five shows here." And they're always amazing. And it was like, oh, geez, thanks. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Like, but and, like, he'd, like, seen us around and, like, wanted to yell out, like, Alaska, but was too scared. <laughs> and we're like, just do it, man. Mm. Oh, those are the funniest ones when you have interactions with people at, like, the supermarket. And, like, it just, yeah, it cracks me up if we're, like, with, like, any of our friend group. And people come over and, like, oh, my God, are you those, are you those Alaskans? So like, do you just Alaskans. get this all the time? Yeah, those Alaskans. Alaskans, all that that girl from TikTok, yeah. That girl from TikTok. Mm. Oh my god, are you that girl from TikTok? Mm. Yeah. Awesome. 
Um, so is there anything that um, we can kind of plug here? Like, where's the best place to find your music and to um, learn more about when gigs are and new albums? Yeah, yeah. Best, best place is our website, www.lookingforalaska.co.nz. Super easy to find. We've got a new album coming out in November called Light and Shadow. It's coming out on vinyl, CD, obviously Spotify, Apple Music, all those ones. Um, yeah, and just like our Facebook page too, Looking for Alaska NZ. We're on Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, you can find Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. We just put out two singles, Fall Into You and Home, and they've both got music videos and they're up online. So yeah, just, just find us on the web. <laughs> awesome. We're not the book. Oh yeah, we, we share a name with a book, with a famous book, so just looking for Alaska NZ. <laughs> <laughs> the book's great, you should go read the book. But yeah, read the book. It's after book. you buy the CD. <laughs> Maybe we should start selling books with the CDs. Yeah. <laughs> Stock the book. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank uh, you. It's been a great chat. Thank you for joining us. This show has been broadcast on Free FM 89.0 and is brought to you by Creative Waikato. Have a great day. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.